This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. On 2NURFM 103.7, we're talking travel with Travel World on King and Sally Lucas. Hola to you. Hola, Jane. Buenos dias. Um, I'm still in Spanish mode, having just come back from South America last Friday. So I'm still a little bit jet-lagged, I think, with all the flying I've done, but I've managed and I'm back at work. And as you know what happens when you're back at work, it's back into it, isn't it? But you've got all those wonderful memories do, and experiences. And they don't go away. And I will get my um, photos on a CD to sh- show you as soon as I can. But um, there's some interesting photos, I'm sure, there that will um, maybe inspire with you and your walking and the Inca Trail. So um, hopefully, though, when you do it, you don't... Unfortunately, we did get a lot of rain, which was unfortunate so early in the season, but still uh, a wonderful experience and a very unique place to visit, especially Machu Picchu. Or Picchu is the correct pronunciation to let people know. If you say Picchu, it could refer to a part of the male anatomy, which isn't quite a nice thing to say. So it's Machu Picchu. So we've learnt that one. So Picchu, like picture almost. Um, I travelled with Peregrine Adventures. They're an adventure-based company um, who took a group of us over, a group of travel agents from all over Australia. So we're very fortunate to be able to do this. It doesn't come up all that often. And just to let you know, to Peregrine actually uh, contributes around the globe to various different countries in their development and with Peru they actually provide logistical and financial support to a organisation called Peru's Challenge and that works to improve the lives of children in Peru by um, providing health services, education fresh water etc so some of the money you're spending with Peregrine does go to help advance these countries so it's good to know as well they have another arm to their company called Geckos which I guess is mainly uh, based more at if you like the younger traveller, a bit more grassroots adventure if you like, not quite as many inclusions etc but a little bit cheaper and it might be more suitable to younger people wishing to travel. Um, They both have websites www.peregrineadventures.com or geckosadventures.com but check with us if they can't grasp those websites and you can download trip notes and all sorts of information about weather and Etc. Etc. Um, no, Inc- you, you didn't only go to Peru. Though. No, I, we actually flew with Aerolineas Argentinas, so we actually flew into Buenos Aires first, um, of which, as you know, I have been to before. But it was nice to visit again. I felt quite comfortable there, having been there before, as you do when you go back a second time. Um, our hotels were very well located. We we stayed at a Peregrine and a Geckos in each direction, same in Cusco, so we could experience the different standards of accommodation. And having said that, I didn't think Gecko was much less in standard. Than, than Peregrine. They're basically only, you're looking at three-star properties, but you've got your own facilities, and the location was what was important. I think we were so centrally located to where we needed to be in both Cusco and um, Buenos Aires, and we did have a little time in Lima, but not much. We were mainly transiting Lima. We only had one night there on the way over and just a day use on the way back. But we were in an area called Miraflores in Lima, which, again, is suited to shopping cafes, etc., etc., because Lima is a very big, sprawling city. Um, and it's covered in this hazy smog all year round nearly. They only see blue sky about four months of the year from December to April, so that was quite interesting. Very low rainfall, very dusty, um, so people with allergies and that might find it, it affects them a little bit. It's mainly a stepping-off point, of course, to get you up to Cusco and Machu Picchu and also down maybe to you know to Lake Titicaca, Puno, etc. So it's, it's a major airport that links you into other destinations in Peru, but... 
I wouldn't spend a lot of time in Lima itself. It's more interesting to get into the real Peru, if you know what I mean, rather than just a big, large, sprawling city. Um, Cusco was absolutely divine. It was the most wonderful uh, Incan, of course, built base city. It's all cobblestone streets and the most wonderful uh, structure of bricks. And they do that in, in layers so that it allows for earthquake and movement. So you think when these cities and ancient villages were built way back, you know, around 1500s and so. It's, it's just amazing, the technology. I think we never cease to get amazed when you go to places like this or like Ephesus, Pompeii and so on. Their drainage, their sanitation, their actual art of building. And, I mean, Machu Picchu itself, it's perched so high in the Andes. Do you think they even walked all that way to get there, to think to even set up, you know, an established township, village, if you like? I mean, they had a hierarchy, lived up higher, the lower all the poorer people lived down below, all terraced, of course, for their food, etc., because it had to be. I mean, the terraces were built with these incredible retaining walls because they're just building on the side of sheer, sheer cliffs. And the amazing thing is it was just abandoned, and they really still don't know. There's no complete theory as to why it was just abandoned and it didn't have as much left behind in relics and so on a lot of the things they obviously took with them whether they were worried about a spanish invasion or whether it was just between you know rival tribes um some people said maybe it was an epidemic but it just everyone just disappeared and then of course it wasn't discovered until the 1900s so it's it's quite remarkable and when we were there it said rainy yes and cloudy but it gave it a very ethereal look i mean we did the rain did eventually stop thank heavens and we did manage to get some photos without rain um, and we managed to see the tops of the peaks eventually um, so that was great um, the whole experience was was wonderful um, and as I said anyone who wants to do it I think it'd be one of those must do's if it's on your list to go to South America to include Peru um, the people were wonderful food was good everywhere no complaints about that um, inclusions were good porters everyone was more than helpful and um, very well trained so Everything went smoothly from that point of view. Internally, the flying, well, please reconfirm your flights. They do change radically a lot of the time. So you must, even though they might say, don't reconfirm, reconfirm. We're talking travel with Travel World on King here on 2NURFM, Easy 103.7. And Sally Lucas, you did spend most of your time away in Peru, but you also had a look at Argentina. We did. We only had a few days there. As you say, Jan, and most of our time was aimed at being spent in Peru, but we just had this little stop in both directions in Buenos Aires. For those that hadn't been there before, it's a little bit of a shame because there wasn't time really for them to do Iguazu Falls, which I have done before. And for anyone who is planning on going to Argentina, please allow enough time to do Iguazu Falls. How much time should you make? I say two nights, only because if you do it that way, it gives you time to do the actual boat trip on the falls, which is quite amazing. I mean, you just think you're going to die when you get so close to these thunderous falls. You do an echo trip down a, a river where you can spot caimans and toucans and you know, in a quieter section. And then they do a land-based tour, which is like an echo adventure. So if you only had one night, by the time you fly in, most of the flights don't get in until lunchtime, then you're leaving probably before or by lunchtime the next day. You're really cramming. So I would suggest two nights. If you've got two nights, it'd be a wonderful thing to do. So as I said, didn't do that this time, but please allow time to do it if you're going there. Buenos Aires is a great city. I mean, it's a very user-friendly city. Um, when I say user-friendly, it's got lots of shops, cafes, and lots of lovely little pockets of areas, which are nice, like San Telmo has markets on a Sunday, and it's one of the oldest suburbs, if you like, within Buenos Aires. Um, you've got Recoleta, which is a very trendy, if you like, more up-and-coming cafe society suburb. You've 
got Palermo, which is this wonderful residential area where the buildings were all built based on European design, Parisian design, and they're originally homes, and they're just massive, and a lot of them are now embassies, um, and there's no shops allowed in this area, no buses. It's just this beautiful, leafy residential area. It's a big city, of course, but it is easy to get around. Um, you've got a couple of major malls called Florida and Lavaja, which is great for shopping, etc. Cafes are fantastic. They've redone, which a lot of cities in the world now, their whole old port area. So the Puerto Madera area, as it is called, has re-established all these old warehouses now and got lovely restaurants and, you know, sidewalks and etc., etc. And, of course, you've got the famous La Boca area, which people often see the brightly coloured painted houses from La Boca. And I mean, the reason that started was the old days when the ships came in. The people were very poor that lived in this area. So they used to, you know, get anything they could off the ships that were left over. So they have these old tins of paint, and that's how it all started. So they, they grab whatever colour they could get to paint their houses, and it's continued and become a tourist attraction now. But you often see tango being performed just in the streets and people going about their life, and it's just very colourful, lots of artists and so on. So Buenos Aires is great for shopping. They call it the Paris of South America. Um, Fantastic for your leather goods and for ladies. It's just fantastic for shopping. Very inexpensive. Eating is inexpensive. Getting around. So it's a little bit cheaper even than Peru, believe it or not. You might have thought it would be the other way around. But actually, it was a, it had improved a lot in the two years since I'd been. Um, there was a little bit of unrest, but it seems to have settled right down now. Their economy settled. Everyone seemed less tense, quite happy. So, yes, I was quite impressed with Buenos Aires this time. And we had beautiful weather there too. So it's a city you can easily spend at least three or four days in and then maybe two days at Iguazu Falls. Any special food you should be looking at? In they are basically big meat eaters. You don't go there if you're a vegan. Um, they're carnivores to the nth degree. They love their meat and their meat, honestly, you do not get a bad cut of meat in Argentina. It's just... You just don't. The quality of their beef and everything else is just this fabulous restaurants, and they have the whole carcass in a window on a spit, and they carve it off whether you want pork ribs or lamb or beef or whatever. But basically, yes, it's it's not vegan territory, though. I mean, they do have plenty of salads and veggies on the side as well. But basically, they they love their meat, and it's very important to them. And they're very proud of their beef. That obviously helps them tango. And well, yes, and they're proud of their wine as well, Jane. They make some of the best merlots. If anyone's never tasted to them from the Mendoza region of Argentina. Absolutely beautiful wine as well. Buenos Aires. And how long is the flight to get to Buenos Aires? From well, we Sydney? go via Auckland, um, so it's about 15 hours. Um, and then to go back across to, up to Lima was about four and three quarter, then about another hour to Cusco. So we did quite a lot of flying over a 10-day period. We wouldn't recommend that to our, our customers to do it in such a short space of time. But of course, we have to do this to be out of the office as least amount of time as possible, but to give us the experience to come back and offer our clients so that they at least know, you know, we can be more advised, if you like, on what there is to see and do in all these areas. Fabulous adventures in South America. Wonderful. Travel World on King Talks Travel on to a new RFM Easy 103.7. Sally Lucas, what are the hot deals you've got for us today? Well, getting right away from South America, actually, Jane, into cruising again, but there's just some incredible things on the cruise market at the moment that I just thought I had to mention to people, especially if someone's thinking maybe of getting away before Christmas or over Christmas. Um, there's a fabulous deal with, um, with P&O on a New Zealand cruise on the 13th of November, and it's just so reduced. Um, it's unbelievable. I haven't got the costs with me, but I know it's massively reduced. Um, so if anyone's interested, and it does the whole circumnavigation of New Zealand or 
virtually, or most of New Zealand, from Bay of Islands down to um, Auckland, Wellington, Littleton, Dunedin, Doubtful and Milford Sound. Now, this is out of Melbourne. We've mentioned this one before, but of course you can get cheap airline tickets out of um, Newcastle with either Virgin or Jetstar down to Melbourne to do that. So that's just available for anyone who wants to know, and they're really at very discounted prices. Um, Orion, which is the expedition cruise company, is doing a World Heritage Reef Highlights cruise on the 26th of November out of Brisbane. And what they're doing on that now, their second person sharing a stateroom or suite on this just uh, travels at half fare. So again, check with us for prices on that, but it's a seven-night cruise doing all those wonderful um, barrier reef destinations, including the Percy Isles, Lady Elliot Island, Heron Island, etc., etc., beautiful vessel, everything's included it's a state of the art luxury vessel so check with us on that one and so that's another November one for someone going before Christmas um, there's um, Princess Cruises, Pacific Princess has actually um, discounted some of their cruises up to 40% and as you know that's the upmarket P&O vessel not the, the Pacific Sun Sky they've got one on 21 November 1 December and 10 December just check with us but they're starting from 1582 on those and I mean they're just wonderful saving for the Pacific Princess, again, as a luxury-style vessel. Um, and if you want something a little bit different, we've got the Star Clipper, as we've mentioned before, who's got a couple of lovely cruises on the 3rd and the 10th of December, a Singapore to Phuket, and one goes from Phuket back to Phuket, but it's doing Thailand and up into Langkawi in Malaysia. And they also include return air travel, which is just remarkable from here, your transfers, and also includes two nights accommodation in Singapore as well, and seven nights with all meals. I mean, that's starting from $2,775. I mean, that is remarkable value on a Star Clipper. And for next year, one of the girls in the office is actually going with a group of friends on this. I mean, we couldn't get anything cheaper ourselves. There's a Venice in the Eastern Mediterranean cruise that's cruising from Athens through to um, Venice, and you're doing Turkey as well as going to Croatia and finishing in Venice. Nine nights, and it's uh, three departures, May, September and October on the Marco Polo, starting from 1475. I mean, that's seven nights cruising and two nights in Athens. That is just wonderful value for money. So some wonderful cruise things out there. Um, and there's also an Alaska cruise, which is an eight-night cruise, including two nights in Seattle for the next year for only $2,500, and they've got two May departures on that. So there's good value cruising out there for everybody. And we've got all the early birds coming in now for next year for Europe. Too many to mention. Um, Globus, Cosmos, the touring companies, as well as driveway type um, just airfare only, land deals and some of the companies now this year have got some interesting programs, Globus for example called Monogram, where for people who have toured before, they're just putting together like packages of two cities, three cities like you know, Prague, Budapest uh, Vienna with maybe three nights in each, so you've just got this little package with just the accommodation that you can add on to your airfare if you don't want to do a tour so lots of options available for next year and both touring Europe and cruising and all sorts of other things available as well. Plenty of hot deals. Plenty. Thank you, Sally Lucas from you, Travel Jane. World on King. And that's Talking Travel for today. We'll be back next Friday after the 1 o'clock news here on 2NURFM 103.7.